for us. Yeah, so, okay, I wanted to put this on the show just because I want people to hear it. Dark on Netflix is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. I'm not starting this week with Hockey Talk. I don't care. This show is so good. It's so good. And if you've not seen it yet, I mate, thought... you've got to watch it. So to pull, pull back the curtain, we've, just, we've literally we've been speaking for what, four minutes or whatever, <laughs> and Dan was like, right, let's, let's start because I've got something I want to say. <laughs> yeah. And to me, the... <laughs> The naughty schoolboy in me is like, oh, fuck, I'm in fucking trouble here. Like, he's going <laughs> to, I need this for posterity. He's going to, like, chew me out or whatever. I'm, I'm getting the sack. Uh, and they say, oh, no, it's, it's, it's just good news. So I thought it was going to be like, oh, I don't know, I'm, fucking whatever it might be. You know, I've, I've won the lottery. I've fucking this, that and the other. No, watch a television show. Is it, was that really? <laughs> I like that idea. I'm, I'm so glad. Two, two things. So Number glad. one, I appreciate your honesty that you immediately think you've done something wrong. Fair play to you. That's the kind of thing I'd think. And secondly, I like the idea that on a Wednesday afternoon at half 11, I've won the lottery, yet I'm still sitting down to talk to you about ice hockey. <laughs> I'm not already on a plane to the Bahamas or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you wouldn't be on the plane to the Bahamas because you hate holidays. So Fair point. To Fair me, point. I've, I don't see why you would change your... Uh... <laughs> Change your routine. Change your right, actually. You just yeah. have. <laughs> you'd, you'd just finally have that massive TV and a PS5, and we'd, we'd all be laughing. Yeah, exactly. But people, oh, honestly, oh, God, mate, mate, oh, God, no, God, gotta God, watch you, it. You, you, do, you do your bit about it. Fucking dark. unbelievable. Okay, so just quickly, is this? I'll set the scene for people. First off, it's in German. So you can have dubbing on, but dubbing on TV shows is fucking shit. Get your, sub, get your subtitles on, roll with that. It's perfectly fine. It's completely original. The basic story is there's five friends who are uh, five teenage friends, and they're just they're at night. They go to these woods at nighttime in Germany. I can't remember why actually at the start. I think it's to go into this. They're looking for something or doing something, whatever. One of their little brothers tags along, who's eight years old, and he literally vanishes out of thin air at one point, and it's and then it all starts from there. And I can't even. I don't want to say anything because it'll the main, main arc of the story would be completely ruined. But I described it to my friends as, imagine Stranger Things and Lost had a baby. They then raise that baby in Germany and the baby goes on to get a PhD in quantum mechanics and all kinds of physics. And it's constantly doing acid. And that's kind of oh, about sounds- where you are. Sounds. I was going to say initially it sounded pretty pretty grim, but now it sounds. Uh, yeah, balmy. I think is the word I'd use. And they've they, they've ended it perfectly as well. Didn't go on too long. It's only three seasons. I I the acting is unbelievable. The set design, the way they lay it all out. I and don't get me wrong, it is confusing as hell at the start because the cast is about forty deep. Jesus. So there's a lot of, oh, wait, hang on a minute. Who's that guy again? Oh, right, yeah, that's him. And then why did he? Okay, yeah, he went there with her and she's, okay, right, right, okay. But You, I, you need like a recap we, on every scene change. Yeah, without being able to tell you the main arc of the story because it'll ruin, you'll know the main arc of the story within about, at the end of the first episode. But I would suggest to everybody, just watch the first two or three and if you're into it, just stick with it because it's absolutely phenomenal. And the twists are all amazing, and yeah, it's it's top five all time, top five all time TV show I've ever seen. Phenomenal yeah. stuff. Better, better than Money Heist. Yeah, it was better than Money Heist. Money Heist was more a oh, what's the word? 
Money Heist was more a popcorn movie. So yeah, yeah, you don't really have it. to pay... And here's the thing as well with Dark. You have to really pay attention. You, like, you cannot look at your phone at any point. Don't look at your phone at any time because you might miss something or even a sentence that makes you just go back and think, oh, damn, what was he saying again? And I've, I even had to rewind a couple of times just to re-catch myself up, but it was totally worth it. Totally worth it. Sounds, I'll, have to, I'll have to add it to the old, uh, to the old list. Add it to the list, yeah. Oh, hang on, just quickly before we uh, before we go even any further, because we because we right. start the show. <laughs> I I had uh, I turned my mic off for all of that chair moving as well, just so you know. So there shouldn't oh, nice, be too nice. much uh, too much mess to to clean up, and it is back on now. Before you ask. Oh great, okay, that's good, that's good, that's a good start. Anyway, welcome back, folks. Two bits one puck. I'm your host, Mr. Intangibles, and very fittingly this week, a TV boy, Dan Masters, with my good friend, the East Kent Elliot Friedman, and a man who surprisingly has terrible taste in music. Well, every human, well, how you doing? I'm feeling attacked now. That's that's <laughs> up to. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I've been saving not, that. Been not saving you personally. That. I don't think the royal you can really accuse anyone of having a terrible taste in music. Do you know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Is that because I like opera? Is that is that what you're yeah. attacking me back now? Well, no, like that. That's an example of it, though. Like, because I I, I can't know, accuse I anyone of having a bad taste in music because I don't, you know, do horses for courses. You know, tweets their own and all that, isn't it? No, of course, um, of course. It just made me. Oh, it was funny because I sent Will a message, a little little look behind the WhatsApp curtain here. I sent Will a message saying, "I'm just curious, like, if you could recommend me a song that you might think I'd never have heard of or something, but you really like it." And he sent me three, and I and I hated all of them. <laughs> and and I wonder how much of that is is me like fundamentally misunderstanding your taste in music. You know what I mean? Because I, I always hate having that question of oh can you recommend me a song because like well I, I don't know exactly i like what i like i don't know exactly what anyone else likes you know even i've got i've got mates who i'm very close with who yeah i can be like okay you here's something for you but even then most of the time they'll have already heard it you know what i mean yeah that's true it's tough to think of something that somebody would not have heard of and actually i appreciated what you sent me and i appreciate the fact that they were different they were just and again, it's so subjective, isn't it? Uh, yeah, they were just too different for me. Just, drops. but it was weird that I thought I felt like they all followed the same kind of pattern. That at some point in the middle, somebody went, "Okay, now can everybody sing and play instruments at exactly the same time?" And everyone went, "Yeah, no problem." It's cool. <laughs> it's cool. Crescendo, Dan. Come on, mate. I thought you'd, uh, <laughs> I thought you'd be up on this sort of stuff. Interesting. Oh, dearie me. Well, dearie for, me. for the listeners anyway. out there, anyone who likes Rosetta, Red Sparrows, and Joanna Newsome. Hit me up on Twitter because I'm starting a new podcast. It's called the We Ate Down Podcast, and everyone's invited. <laughs> Dude, you're gonna get a few. You, God, you love you. No shortage of guests every week on that show. Let me tell you, guests, sponsorship will be featured all on, of it. Yeah, on the one show. I wonder if you could do. Could you do a podcast just based off? I was gonna say, could you do a podcast off something basically you hate? And then I realised that we do a hockey podcast every week. So yeah, you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite easy. <laughs> Zing, hey, but hey, so. I, well, I think yeah, I think plenty of people. Well, I, I, I don't know. Are you are you saying that like anyone who does a murder mystery podcast likes people being murdered? There you go. That's a good point, and I have that quite a lot. In that, and I, when I tell people I'm really interested in serial killers, they do th- that kind of thing of, oh, so you like like really bad people then? And it's, well, no, and then you have to get into the well. Actually, I I like the psychology and why and 
what led them down that path kind of thing. You know, if they were born 10 seconds after, would their life have been completely different? Or if they'd have not done this one thing, would they have gone a completely different way? That's, yeah, that's what the interest is. Not that they're breaking into people's houses and, like, you know, garroting them or something. Don't worry, Dan. Nobody's putting you on trial. It's just just interesting that you've jumped to, to the defence of a question nobody's asked. Mate, I've been asked that question so many times. Could you tell? I'd straight to defence, straight to my, straight to my prepared statement from my uh, from my legal counsel. I'm I'm once again <laughs> explaining that I'm not a serial killer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, but good news. We had nothing to talk about up until about twelve hours ago. No, twenty four hours ago, January the thirteenth. Fifty six games. Apparently, both sides have seen sense, and Batman and Bill have said, "Yeah, maybe. Do you know what?" Maybe we won't try and fuck you over completely. Maybe we'll just play some hockey instead. How about that? And the players went, yeah, good idea. Is this going to happen? 56 games, January 13th? Are you, are you confident this is going to be a thing? Uh, absolutely not. But I also thought you were going to say, <laughs> good news, we finally got something to talk about and then lead off with the CHL stuff. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm building up to that. I'm building up to that. I feel like we can. We need to leave that in the middle and have a, yeah. we'll have a yeah, something bad in the middle and something silly either side. Need to, need to get the giggles out of the way. Um, fifty-six games seems fucking ambitious, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. If you want to be finished before the Olympics, that seems really Jesus ambitious. Christ. And 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 they've acknowledged that they're going to have allowances for for missed games, a la like you know, three uh, weeks like the NFL and stuff. Like that. And and fifty-six games in what's going to amount to what six months, basically. Unless they yeah, were at the Stanley well. Cup final, leading straight into the Olympic opening ceremony. It still just feels because you've got to get fifty six <laughs> games and then a whole spat of playoffs done as well. So like fuck, you've got a. You're gonna I like the idea done. that as the last. I like the idea that as the uh, the captain hoists the cup, they go quick Olympics go now. <laughs> they just have to quickly get it in there and start. <laughs> get the guy, get the first runner out quickly. Like they're they're still trying to get like the cup handing off ceremony out there, and like somebody just <laughs> flings a red carpet out onto the ice like. Gary Bettman <laughs> sprinting down. It's like, oh, thank you, thank you for having me, Seattle. Blah, 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 blah. Like, that's the greatest, greatest trophy in the history of sports. And oh, come and get your prize, uh, Dave. And then <laughs> Bettman can just go cue the music, and then the Olympics starts, and that's it. And off we go. If only, if only the the Olympics weren't in Tokyo and they were in like an NHL city this year, and we could have. That would have been perfect, wouldn't it? Like, that would have been perfect. Yeah, whoever it is lifts the cup, and then whoever the first nation in the in the Olympics is, Angola or Algeria or whoever it is, starts walking out into the ice with their flag and all their all their athletes. <laughs> I was going to say you could do it really Olympic-y That just for example, because we all like hell, Jonathan Taves, let's say for example, lifts the cup again. He quickly takes off his skates, sprints over to the local stadium, hands the first person a baton, and then they can go and start the ceremony. Make it symbolic. Like or, he, or he runs straight into like the pole vault and he's just got like a <laughs> a two mile run up to it. <laughs> he's already got a running start for the hundred meters heat. <laughs> you you know what's gonna happen though. It's it's gonna end up with the last ten minutes of the third period in, in like game seven in the final. Doing that picture in picture thing. So you've yeah, got, yeah. got the opening ceremony on the main screen. Then a little four inch box. In the corner, you, you have to press the red button to get Mike. Well, not not Doc Emmerich, Kenny Alberts, or whoever's doing it. Oh, yeah, I'm intrigued as to how 
Oh, I guess it's just, I mean, it's just going to be the same as the NFL, uh, MLB, and NBA, isn't it? That some players are just not going to play some weeks because they've got COVID or they've or they tested positive for something, and it's just going to be like I don't know how close you follow the NFL, but the Pittsburgh Baltimore game last week was ridiculous. They were meant to play on Thursday night for Thanksgiving. And it got pushed back because the Ravens play like a bunch of Ravens players tested positive, so they just couldn't even really put a team together. It got pushed back to Sunday, I think. Then it got pushed back again to Tuesday, and then it got pushed back again to Wednesday afternoon. And it ended up that those players who couldn't play for Baltimore just didn't play, and they basically put out half a team. Jesus Christ! And, but but the NFL were just like, we have to get this game in. There's, there's nothing you can do. We've given you as long as possible. It's now, and that's it. It has to happen. And the same thing's going to happen in the NHL, you know, unless unless this vaccine we've got is a is a wonder vaccine and it does exactly what it's supposed to do, but I can't see that happening. You're going to no. have situations where, sorry, you know, you've you've got, you know, you've got 14 skaters or you've got 16 skaters. There's nothing else we can do. I'm sorry, like you've got to play this game and that's it. Yeah, that's that's a hard thing, though, isn't it? Because like even with expanded rosters, depending on how they do it. What if what if you have a situation where yeah say February the twelfth or whatever you've got a team that um well crikey he is is an interesting idea say it's Pittsburgh Chicago on February the twelfth yeah at that time yeah. Pittsburgh has a number of players down with you know COVID symptoms whatever it is they're 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 in lockdown they're not allowed to play for whatever reason it is so they reschedule the game to the make up dates at the end of the season then you get to the end of the season. Make update, so you know, last chance to dance, and then Chicago goes down with some, with some COVID-related uh, unavailability. What what happens? What happens then? Because that's not fair on the Blackhawks necessarily, because they aren't the ones who postponed the game in the first place. So then they're left at a disadvantage. Say like you say, they have to play with, you know, it's Jonathan Taves and and he's got the puck on a string because he hasn't got any line mates, and. And that's it. Like there are so many different factors to it that you, even with it, it, enough time and as much time in the world as you want, even if we didn't have the Olympics hanging over this, you're still going to get into a situation where you're backed into a corner. You have to play this game, and there are going to be some teams that suffer for it. What if that's a, what if that ends up as a game that decides whether a team makes the playoffs or not, and they can't ice a full roster or they can't ice a full strength roster? Due to, like, say, with Kieran Tierney against Man City a few weeks ago, he ended up playing, but there was a chance that one of Arsenal's better players wasn't going to play because he was locked down for someone else on his national team getting coronavirus, even though he didn't have symptoms. There are going to be so many different caveats and situations that we get into that it's just going to, even with as much playing in the world, like, there's going to be so much that gets fucked up in this season. You're right, but. It's just going to be tough. Sorry, I mean this is how it is at the moment. There's nothing yeah. we can do, I, I and that's what happens in the NFL. As, they'll as they'll push, leader, yeah, and they'll, they'll they'll do what they did in the NFL. They'll push games around as much as they can, but they'll get to a point where they'll just have to say, "Well, that's it. Sorry, we can't push games back any further. You have to play this game." I mean, maybe they'll put it to teams and say, "Well, you can't because there's two teams," but I don't think they, they could even say. Like, I mean, you could you could try and bunch up the schedule as much as you can, but if you do that, you get in a situation where you're playing every other day for the net, for the last three weeks or something, and then you're just going to get. I mean, the NFL this year has had tons and tons and tons of injuries. I mean, really major ones, and I think mm. the same thing is probably going to happen in hockey. You're going to see a lot of players get injured, especially considering some players aren't going to have played for ten months. 
And, uh, and they're and saying you... no exhibition games, like a, a reduced camp. But they don't care. Like they've got to get that product on TV and on the ice, and that's just what's going to happen. The the show must go on, as I've heard. Yeah. Have you seen when they're planning on starting training camp for a January thirteenth start? Oh, I did. Wasn't it January? Was it January the first or it's something January like that? January the first. You're looking at a twelve day training camp for for what is probably going to be as much as they're having like restricted rosters in camp, so you're not going to have like three hundred kids turning up on the first day of camp and all getting cut. Let's say you're allowed to carry like an expanded roster of thirty. Yeah. So you've got like. Yeah, a spare sub goalie and seven extra skaters or, or whatever it might turn into, yeah? Yeah. You're going to have a 12-day camp to try and get potentially around 30 players up to game speed. Some of them are not going to play competitive hockey, potentially, again, for one month, two months, three months, whatever. And some, like you say, haven't played for nine, ten months. That's fucking mental absolutely mental what's going to happen when Kerry Price pulls his hamstring on the first day of first day first game of the season when X, Y and Z happens like it's just it feels like they're just asking for trouble well they are but they're also asking for lots of that sweet sweet TV money aren't they absolutely so you've got to get a product on the ice and I don't it's not like back in the day where Christ I imagine in the in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s Hockey players' time off was time off. And it was basically, mm. I can eat whatever I want, do whatever I want, drink whatever I want, up until the day I've got a report for camp, and then I've actually got to start playing hockey again. And then some guys are turning up, you know, like 35, 40 pounds overweight, and they've just got to grind it out. You know, bloody wrapping cling film around their guts and stuff like that, trying to trying to cut weight. It's not like that anymore. I mean, players, I mean what's a player's off-season now? It's about a week, in it? And then they're just back at it again, grinding. You know, and doing even, skills and all this bullshit. Even that week is having semi-skimmed milk rather than 0%, like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm living large this week. I had a biscuit. Oh, well done, you. You sure about that? Oh, you're right. I feel bad. I better go, up, I better go up back onto the lake and do a couple of hundred laps. <laughs> Try and burn it off. Put it into his calorie app, like, what's one rich tea? What do I need to uh, <laughs> do to work that off? It does say Pierre, so Pierre Lebron's. Yeah, it's... Oh, and players aren't turning up in bad condition, but obviously they're just not turning up in game condition, which is it's way different. It is way different, and I still think there'll be injuries because of that. But it's especially you know. where it's not. It's another situation where hockey is is such a specialist sport compared to a lot of other sports. There are plenty of places around the world where rinks just haven't been open. Yeah, that's right. So I'm sure even even if you're an AHL player and you can flash, you know, hundred, you know. 10 grand or whatever or give me give me the rink for two hours they can't because it's been shot by the government so like i wonder how much ice time some of these players have had well alberta's living yeah alberta closed everything yesterday didn't they they said that that's it like uh, nothing nothing essential now is open there's no nothing like we're not doing anything we're basically back into a lockdown I mean, there's going to be, and again, it's because Canada and the US are so massive. It's it's state by state, so you could have some players in one state who can. I imagine, <laughs> I imagine all the Tampa players and all the Florida Panthers players are fully up to date because nothing's been closed there ever for the whole time. I'm sure they're raring to go. They're fully up to speed. Meanwhile, there's like states that have just closed everything, and those players just sat at home doing nothing all day. That's the thing. We we had a bit of that with the return to play, didn't we? Because Toronto had their rinks open, but nowhere else yeah, did. Yeah. But I feel like this and is it really helped. Be a... And it really helped the Leafs, obviously. 
yeah, well, as, as we all know. <laughs> but like, well, I just think that's going to be more of an issue this time around than it was last time. I can't help but think that it will be because it's on a, on a grander scale. And you're looking at a more long-term situation, aren't you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I just think this season, if it all goes as it will do and it's all projected to go now, I can just see it just being a complete wacky one-off team out of nowhere, you know, just wins it. Because all the best teams players suddenly, you know, just start dropping like flies because of COVID or they get hurt or... And it's tough in hockey as well because the NFL, I know I'm obviously telling everyone something I already know here, but they play once a week. If you've got if you've got a player who tests positive for COVID and has to have two weeks off, he could be missing seven or eight games. And if he's an important, like you say, Kerry Price or you know somebody like that who's like a real important piece to that team, he misses eight games. Suddenly you find yourself oh, okay, we're already out of the playoffs then. Great, because there's only fifty six yeah. games in this season. Absolutely, absolutely. And and I wonder if on on the thought of makeup games, like we were saying earlier. I wonder if there's going to be any uh, sort of autonomy for the teams. Like, say, yeah, say you had Pittsburgh, Chicago, um, had to be rescheduled because of COVID-related situations. And then Chicago, I doubt it would end up this way because of the scheduling, but say Chicago end up playing Philadelphia and later in the season, but before the scheduled makeup date, and then both teams have a free day. I wonder if there's going to be any any element of like teams being able to say, right, we will want to make up the game on this date because we're both available, and you end up with some short notice rearrangements. Yeah, maybe. I guess, I guess the rules are going to be out the window, aren't they? Yeah, so what abso- we you know, what we used to what we used but to the rules are out the window. Nothing, nothing's going to be off limits in theory. If it just do what you can to make it work. We might have another case where we just have to go based on percentages because teams just can't finish the season. We might have to do that. Jesus, yeah. Which it's mean, not a case of, you know, we've played five games, they've played 10. It's not going to be, you know, but there's going to be, there might be a team that's only played 51 or 50 compared to 56. Christ, you look at how the schedule went last season, you could end up with a team that's played 47 and another team's played 56. Like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because yeah, even, <laughs> even on a normal it, it, NHL schedule, yeah. at points of the season, I'll say to you, How's this team played 27 games and this team's played 34? What? How does that, I don't get it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think there's almost, you're going to have that anyway, aren't you? If, if if under normal circumstances, that's like unavoidable, seemingly. How is it not going to be unavoidable during this sort of time? It's going to be so strange. And then, yeah, you, you could end up with, I'd imagine there's going to be a more consistent spread of games for teams this year rather than, previous years where yeah you could have a team that's played four games in a week and another team that's only played one but i still yeah. think you're going to have some situations that are similar to that and yeah what if you have a covid lockdown for for the week we have four and you don't for the week we have one like it's going to be it's going to be pandemonium absolute pandemonium it's going to be complete chaos and like we said there's going to be things outside nhl's control as well because what if a province has to say well that's it well we're shutting sorry that's it <laughs> And then you've like, Jesus. okay, so what do we do then? Like the 49ers, the state of California, there's, I think Santa Clara was was like, we are shut, that's it. Nothing can open, nothing can happen. So now that I think the 49ers are playing out in Arizona or something like that, they've just had to move. Now they're that's playing somewhere beautiful. else. The, I know the, uh, the Blue Jays and the Raptors, they're not playing in Canada this year. They're, obviously, they're the only Canadian teams in baseball and the NBA. 
So mm. they're playing in America for the, for this season. They've which basically makes, makes just, sense, just had to move, basically, which makes sense. They've had to move, but you know, like I said, something like that happens in Canada or around a certain area in America. Then what do you do then? It's all up in the air. It's all up in the air. But it will make for some chaos, which will be interesting. Oh, it's going to be an interesting season, without a doubt. Just before we move on, I do want to make a slight correction to what we were saying earlier. Uh, according to Pierre Lebrun, there is potentially provision for the seven teams who weren't in the play, in the return to play to have an extra week of camp before you know, January the 1st or whatever. Oh, okay. Okay, well, yeah, that's something, I suppose. I hope those players just say, no, I'm not bothered. No, no, for that. If anything, I want less camp. Yeah, Eric Carlson, you won't come back a week early. No, I do not. Uh, <laughs> thank I, you very much. No, thank you. But like, part part of me thinks so. Like, obviously, you've got to have some extra allowance for the for the seven teams. But if those seven teams can come back a week early, why can't everyone else come back a week early? And then, do do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because there's only there's only two teams who, if you take out Tampa and Dallas, then. Every other team hasn't skated for months and months and months. It's not yep. like they're going to be raring to go. Meanwhile, like Sharks players, Sabres players are all going to be, like I said, you know, like 40 pounds overweight and like forgotten how to skate just because they skated a bit less longer than the other ones. Well, it depends if Dustin so... Bufflin signs of anyone, doesn't it? Hey. Hey, yo. No offense, <laughs> Big Buff. Yeah, just in case. <laughs> just in case he's listening. Go, go over there, ragdolling, ragdolling Will. <laughs> I, I could see it happen though. Oh, I can see it happening. Do you know also as well? I was thinking about this. I was looking. I'm looking forward to the the analytics of this season, like all the stat heads trying to make like sense of it and trying to say, well, this is actually why this team should have done this. You're gonna, oh, come on, man, shut up. It's a pandemic. You like all these bets are out the window. It's yeah, literally I, just gonna have to be. Let's hope it all works. And if a team wins, then that's it. Well done. You did well. By by Valentine's Day, uh, Dom's updates for the athletic his, his predictions his models just gonna be like, I don't fucking know, mate. Like, <laughs> and we've said long. I've said I've said for the longest time. I think there's, and that's why I'm Mister Intangibles. There's too much in stats for me anyway. I think there's still something there that, you know, there is that thing of oh, these players make a difference for a reason that we can't seem to quantify. And you've only got to look at last year's cup winners. It's very simple. Pat Maroon, Zach Bogosian, Luke Shen, all those kinds of players. They all chipped in and did a job. Yeah, if you'd have said to someone at the start of the season, would you sign these players? They'd be like, no, I wouldn't touch them with a barge pole. There's no way I'm, oh, there's no way I'm signing Alan. There's no way I'm signing Bogosian. Like, you're mad. But, I don't I don't think that's fair necessarily. Dude, if you'd have looked if right, if at the start before the start of the season when Tampa signed those players, if you'd have given them that list of players they signed and said, if you're the GM if you're Julian and the Breezy Boys, are you signing these players? Like so many analytics would have said, no, I'm not. There's there's better options out there. And there probably is, like, analytically, there will be. They'll give you more scoring. They'll give you better D. They'll, I don't know, fucking more zone exits. Whatever you want. Anything I can think, you know, any anything you want to measure. They wouldn't They wouldn't have taken those players. They just wouldn't. Yeah, but yeah, this might end up sounding very, very stupid. But let's go. <laughs> just just because the Bolts did it with you know, Bogosian and Luke Shen and Pat Marone and whoever you want doesn't mean they wouldn't have done it with the analytics darlings you know what I mean I know that's a situation where you haven't got any proof that it would have worked the other way you've only got the proof of, of what actually happened 
but you know what See, I mean? now we're circling well now we're circling back to dark because you're giving me alternative theories about things that may or may not have happened if they may or may not have happened <laughs> and i'm like hang on what <laughs> it's, it's it's schrodinger's uh Schrodinger's third pair defenseman. Who's to say whether <laughs> Patrick Weircock would have done a better job than than Zach Bogosian? We'll never know because he wasn't given the opportunity. I, was, I swear, I was going to say it's Schrodinger's fourth line checking forward. That's what I was, <laughs> was going to say. <laughs> but that, that's the other situation. I agree, I agree with, with what well. you're saying. I I do agree with what you're saying. And there's a, yeah, there's a fair chance the Lightning still would have won the cup if they'd gone and signed like the greatest player ever, Luke Glendening. Who knows? But. <laughs> If you just said, I'm just talking about those players that the Lightning signed, you know, you would have said, would you sign these players? A lot, a ton of analysts would have said, no, I wouldn't because he's not very good. Yet, for some reason, they fit into that system and and away you go. I remember us talking about Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman and you saying, they're not worth a first. And me saying, you're right, they're not worth a first, but for what Tampa's trying to do, they are absolutely worth a first. Yeah, the the standard cup is worth a first. Exactly. But in the cold light of day, no, of course they're not worth a first. That's ridiculous. You know, you're looking at two third-line guys who are decent you know, penalty killers. But for what they needed at the time, yeah, they're worth a first, and they kind of fit into that system. And and, and, and I think it's the, going to be. It, go go on. On. I was, I was going to say that's, that's the beauty of of sports trades in general. Because oh, yeah, for sure, if there'd been like an unlucky bounce or whatever for whatever reason, Tampa Bay get get knocked in the first round, we're going to be looking at this of like. Fuck! I just fucking spent two firsts on on Barkley yeah, Goodrow for nothing. And, yeah, for for absolutely nothing. Like that was that was a ridiculous trade. And now just because you've gone all the way, what if they lost the Stanley Cup final? Would that still be good trades? Would they? Of who yeah, knows? I don't know. You see, and then you're getting into that, aren't you? I mean, is it one team wins, the rest are complete shit? Is that you know that's the argument, isn't it? Because there's one trophy, you can't ever say, well, the rest of the teams are completely trash. I mean, who cares? I always think that's a, that's a weird one though because I don't think obviously football is the easy example. I don't think anyone's saying right. right have the, six trophies. Well, no, like the the three best teams in the league are in yeah you know, in the country are the team who won the prem, the team who won the FA Cup, and uh, you know that championship team that went all the way and luckily won the league cup. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like those trophies are are nice in their own right, but it doesn't necessarily dictate the success of. A team season, it does still come no, back right. to that one trophy being the league, and that yeah, and, and that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing with hockey, isn't it? It's either the the narrative is is that you either win the Stanley Cup or your season was a complete and a disaster and failure. So <laughs> why do you even bother turning up? See, see, Steve Eiserman, you know, breaking sticks and punching holes in the wall when Detroit losing the final next year. So ah, oh, <laughs> what a failure. <laughs> Oh, and there's going to be teams. We'll have to, yeah, because oh, yeah, we'll be doing a prediction show, won't we? Then in a few weeks, if that, uh, well, we if all if it all pans out. Well, yeah, it's, dude, it's a month away. Apparently, the season is a month away. I I predict that Sidney Crosby's going to die of the coronavirus. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to start thinking. We'll have to start having some uh, wacky. Uh, what's the word? Not predictions. Like categories, what, oh, wacky, like, wacky uh, categories for predictions, yeah. Almost like superlatives, like yeah, most likely to Catch have, have the most, yeah, have the most uh, coronavirus like scares or whatever. Is Evander King going to knock out Logan Paul in a celebrity boxing match? Yes oh, or no? Oh, fucking, I'd, 
I've, I've only heard like secondhand whispers of whatever this nonsense is, and that's more than I want to know about it already. Let me just say one thing, right? <laughs> Evander Kane has to be careful because he's repping the good name of fighting hockey players. Because if he gets battered by a YouTuber, what the fuck? A hockey You can't have it. You can't have it. Because all you hear all the time, oh, hockey players, toughest players in sport, toughest players in sport. And then one of them, like one of the absolute meatheadiest meatheads gets battered by a YouTuber. It's going to be like, well, no, they're not then, are they? It'd be stupid. If Andy Kane is definitely a meathead in, in one sense, like, would where would you rank him in like the toughest players in the league, though? Would he, would he make your top 10? Yeah, I think he would. I think he's that. He's a he's a big dude. He's not the biggest dude, like in hockey terms. He's not the biggest like six, dude, four, but he's a big he's, dude. He's pretty big. Yeah, and he's got he's got that fight in him. I, it's it's a classic. It's a classic line, but it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah, and it's you know if I think yeah he's he's top ten for sure. But forget that he's he's repping the good name of uh, tough ice hockey players all over the world. If he steps into a boxing ring and says he can batter Logan or Jake Paul, whichever one it is. And then he, he just gets like completely like mullered. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. He, even if he's only like top fifteen in the league for toughest, he should still be tougher than fucking Logan Paul. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I don't know though. You see, see Logan Paul. See Logan Paul's actually boxing now. He is actually like he does like training all. Does the he do time. It all, all the time? Yeah, he trains all the time. He does his YouTube stuff on the side, basically. That's just his side gig now. Now he's now, now he's, he's boxing a... and. And trying to box all the time. Has he had any like professional fights? Though? I mean, he's been paid for them. I guess that counts. But yeah, not, has, has he fought? Not against the name boxer. No, not against the name boxer. He's not fought anyone who isn't a YouTube star or a fucking esports player or an old NBA player or whatever. Or if that was his brother, I can't remember. He's but either way, yeah, no. Fought, uh, oh my god, he's fighting Mayweather. So is that happening then? Yeah, allegedly. In in February. Okay. Okay, so I think it's the other brother then that must be, yeah, wants to fight Evander Kane. I don't know, maybe. Let's, let's, I think I might have BBC <laughs> Fight Talk. I hope it, I hope it makes it. <laughs> don't lead me astray, BBC Fight Talk. No, we've got, I think they're, they're more, they're more, they're more interested in him uh, fighting uh, Evander Kane, uh, sorry, Floyd Mayweather, unsurprisingly. Yeah, surprised by that. I mean, yeah, I mean, Floyd Mayweather's just going to bore him to death because that's what he does. But, dude, Evander Kane's got to be careful. Got to be careful. Yeah. Even a draw. Um, well, not a draw, but even if it went to points, that's not a good look for the NHL. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> you can't be going to you can't be going to a judge's decision. Well, it's, it's going to end up in a, in a DQ, though, isn't it? Obviously. Because <laughs> the, the bell's going to ring for round one. Fucking... <laughs> If Andy Kane's going to throw his gloves off, and, and that's the end of it. <laughs> yeah, he's going to take his gloves off and try and grab his imaginary, try and grab Logan Paul's imaginary jersey. It's going to be just a, start swinging haymakers. A, a double DQ because Logan Paul won't have his fight strap pinned down, and uh, if Andy Kane <laughs> won't have his gloves on, it's going to be technicalities all around. Yeah, and that's why the season's going to start on January the thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's why they're not going to be able. That's why the sharks aren't going to be able to finish their games because because <laughs> Evander yeah. Kane's going to be in boxing jail with a. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, 
that'd be amazing. Dude, and if he and if he loses as well, imagine the chirps. You'd have to retire. You'd have to retire. Oh, maybe be over, wouldn't it? I'm trying to think. Yeah, it'd be over. Something kind of similar happened. I'm trying to think of of NHL crossing over with with pop culture recently, but unsurprisingly, it hasn't happened a lot. Um, because they, <laughs> I was going to say, what? Are, yeah, what are you thinking of? No, I, I don't know. The, the only thing that was springing to mind was uh, Justin Bieber getting boarded by Chris Pronger in, a, in an exhibition oh, match. That was uh, the best. And that <laughs> fo- whoever took that photograph as well of just Bieber just mate. mushed up against the glass. Oh my god! Got to be the uh, the top searched hockey related image on Getty Images, isn't it? <laughs> and you know what? I don't mind Justin Bieber. I, you know what? I, I think it's. I think the dude's had a he's had a very peculiar life and we cannot we cannot imagine nah. what his life must be like. It's very peculiar and but that image it's just, you know <laughs> there, just there fantastic. Was that, that period of time where he was like getting into all sorts of trouble and shit around the world, I don't know, just doing graffiti with his shirt off in Argentina and shit like that and just doing a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. And I, it really really quite made me respect him a little bit because I just thought, fuck it, like if you're gonna have Fuck you, money. Exploit it, you know. Like, uh, it's not. It's nice to see somebody unabashedly being being a wanker about it in in relatively harmless ways in in the grand scheme of things. You know, not not fracking on indigenous land or like burning fucking you know South American orphans or anything like that. Like a normal rich yeah, person. pouring shit into the water supply. In Michigan yeah, fucking and exactly. Like no, he's just he's just being he's just crashing Lamborghinis and and tagging. Tagging all over the world, so fucking power to you, Mr. Bieber. I mean, seriously, anyone listening to this, can you imagine, can you imagine having fuck you money at 15 years old? How that must absolutely just completely fuck up your worldview and your brain and your head. Yeah. I can't even, I, I th- I'd probably, I, I genuinely think I'd be dead. I think well, I genuinely just, that's it, because I'd be just like, well, not wouldn't kill myself, but I, I'd end up doing st- some stupid shit, some stupid white man shit, because I got loads of white man money. Just that kind of thing of, hey, maybe I'll go run with the lions in Africa because I can, because why not? Because you just get bored. Do you know what I mean? Like, how how do you get? You just get you must get bored of life because just like you think the goal is to work towards everything you want, but then when you get everything you want, what's next? Absolutely. And if you've got that at fifteen, what's next? Like being rich is is a degenerative brain disease anyway. Oh, Even yeah. when you're like fully grown, let alone getting that sort of condition when you're still developing, you're right. It it fuck you up beyond repair, beyond repair. And yeah, in some ways, he's gone a little bit Macaulay Culkin recently, but fucking, that's not the worst way it could go, is it? No, of course not. And then you just yeah, and then you just hope they come out to the side, don't you? And I think they will. A kind of Zach Efron's, I think, is a bit like that. And I've listened to lots of interviews with him recently, recently, and he's just. He just says, "Yeah, I'm just, I'm sick of that life. I'm sick of the celebrity thing. I'm sick of trying to look a certain way. I'm sick of having to go to the gym just to work out because people think I should have this kind of body." So he says, "I just do things now to try and make me happy and keep my mental state good." Like, been good for you, Zac Efron. You're a good dude. Yeah, power to him. I, di- I didn't know he'd necessarily gone gone off the rails or anything. I just knew him as okay. He's that good-looking kid, and then good-looking young adult in all the films. And now a very but, handsome man. Yeah, now a very handsome man. And, it, and it's, like you said, it's no surprise, really, because it's effectively the same situation as Bieber, but on, on an obviously smaller scale. Yeah. 
All right. So, We're on all so, your regular listening places, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and all the rest. Listen to us instead of taking part in the awful Christmas family meal that you'll have to do in a few weeks. And of course, we're brought to you by Wave Intel. Fantastical and splendiferous charts and graphs await you. Let the Willy Wonka of stats, Jason Paul, and his team of Umpalumpers provide you with all the info you need as we apparently head towards a new season. Wave Intel, online and on Twitter, being smart. So you don't have to. Fuck, right. I'm going to lead into this very coldly, but I've got no idea how the hell you would even lead into this. But there has been an update on the lawsuit against the CHL. Uh, from former players. I'm going to read you some of these right now. Uh, there's no sugar coat in this. It's fucking grim and it is really fucking bleak. But I'm just going to read some of the things that have been alleged uh, from certain players. Some players have not wanted to be named, which is fine. And some players have been named. Uh, I'm not going to name them here, but if you want to go and look online, there's an article from uh, Rick Westhead, who's the TSN senior correspondent who's done a really good article on it. But here's some of the things that happened, because I think this should be out there and people should know about this kind of thing. Okay, Uh, major junior hockey players were sodomized with hockey sticks that had liquid heat on them. Uh, A group of teenage rookies were forced to masturbate and ejaculate onto the same slice of bread, and the last to do so was then forced to eat the bread. One player watched as rookies on his team were forced to have sex with prostitutes. Older players encouraged younger players uh, to fight each other. Uh, Players were spat on, urinated on, and defecated on. Rookie players were forced to pick up the shit of older players and throw it at other rookie players. Rookie players were forced to sit naked alongside each other um, in a small washroom on the team bus, known as the sweatbox. Rookie players were also whipped with a belt by their teammates and a coach. (sighs) And the stories of this... Uh, the alleged abuse, sexual and otherwise harassment and hazing uh, we detailed in affidavits filed in an Ontario an Ontario Superior Court in Toronto on Monday. Uh, there's, uh, I think, about 12 or 13 former CHL players. Uh, none of these allegations obviously have been proven. I'm going to say that legally. But there we are. And I think the oldest player was dating back to around about 1980. And then the youngest player played between uh, 2009 and 2014. So this is a systematic abuse period for at least 30 years. Um, and I can't imagine yeah. anything happened in 2014 where there was like a fucking you know, statement of the address to the CHLPA or whatever they've got saying, right, yeah. uh, enough is enough. You can, you can only imagine that it's happening to this day. Maybe not as extreme as as some of those examples given in those affidavits, you'd hope, if, if it is happening at all, you'd hope it's not as extreme as, as, as sexually assaulting 15, 16-year-olds. But it's, it's fucking grim. What more can you say? It's, it's fucking grim. And I don't I don't care what, what argument you might make to the contrary. Like, this has been known about. This has been known. Even if none of the victims came forward and you can guarantee that some of the victims are still playing in the league today and it's not necessarily their responsibility to come forward about these horrific traumatic events that have happened to them even if none of them have come forward there are going to be people in positions of power in the CHL to this day probably in some of those teams where where the abuse has happened to this day that have known about this abuse and kept quiet because boys will be boys fucking it's a code 
hockey's really cool and we're all really manly men and it's fucking disgusting yeah i just it's it's a what what else can you say like what else can you say it's a the article's really interesting is not the right word um i mean it, it is interesting but interestingly horrific horrific yeah and I don't know. Like like I've said before, this kind of thing goes on all the time. But you just read this, and if you've got like a young boy, or I mean, I guess yeah, even a young girl yeah, actually, yeah, and you, yeah. you read about the the gymnastics cases and stuff in America and over here, football, you know, football coaches and all that kind of thing, you just think like, why the fuck would you ever put your kids in sports? Why? Because this just, I mean, life's life's hard enough as it is, but having to go through this shit. Just to just to play a game, a game. That's all we're doing here. We're just playing games, you know. To do that, it just boggles my mind. Boggles and, my mind. And, and this is just a particularly egregious tip of of the fucking horrifying iceberg. Not to not to try yeah. and belittle the cases being mentioned in in this case in this article by by Rick, by Rick Westhead, but this is ignoring. Verbal abuse, you know, the homophobic abuse, racial abuse, uh, that these children, children, Dan, they're not hockey players, they're not fucking hockey players, they're fucking children, are experiencing and have experienced for the 50 years that the OHL has, the CHL has, has been around for. You know, like, what happened to Akeem Alou was horrendous. But that that doesn't encompass everything that's that's happened here. You know what's happened to Dan Carcillo and some of the other people named in in these things haven't necessarily experienced the racial racial abuse, the homophobic abuse that Robert Gillis talks about. There are so, the the fucking web of Venn diagrams of abuse that surround junior hockey is disgusting and and I. Uh, it's a massive problem in hockey. I think it's a massive problem in youth sports the world over. I think we'd be naive to to say it's only an issue in hockey, but we're here talking about hockey. We have as close to evidence as you can get. Yeah, you know, we have first hand testimonials of the abuse that's happening in youth hockey. And it's it's diabolical, especially when you th- you look at the other situations around the hockey world that really do not give you any faith whatsoever that there is going to be any uh, any corrective measures taking place to try and stop this abuse. You only have to look at Team USA, John Van Beesbrook, in a position of power, formula, he's as GM of the World Junior Team for, for the Under-20 World Championship this year, Team USA, and he has been, not convicted, but you know, it has been proven that he racially abused one of his own players when he was a junior hockey coach. And he's still in one of the highest power jobs within hockey in his in his native country. Like, how can we expect... Sure, there might be a fucking out-of-court settlement from this and there'll be money thrown, thrown around to try and quiet the situation. But is there actually going to be some real long-lasting change made within the CHL? I fucking doubt it. This is going to be an issue that should, in theory, kind of blow up all of junior hockey. Yeah. But you just then think, yeah, but why would it? Why would it? It's uh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but aside from this article, I'm not really, you know, I saw a couple of Twitter links and that was it. 
there's not been a kind of a, a giant outcry or i mean maybe something will come up when it if it goes to you know if it gets proven or something i don't know but you just think it's been going on for so long why is it why is it going to change now no exactly why why would it I've, i i can't say i think that it will like and it's it's just depressing i mean you, you even look at by comparison the most innocuous thing on that list, you know, uh, rookie players being being forced to f- being encouraged, sorry, to fight each other. That's still a massive issue in itself, and that is, again, like the arguably in context the most innocuous thing on that list, where we have a sport that uh, that may, maybe we're part of the problem too because we were joking about how Evander Kane should beat the shit out of Logan Paul because he's a hockey player and he's tough and hockey players don't take shit from no one and he has to prove that hockey is the toughest fucking sport out there by beating up a YouTuber like that is so ingrained in, in the culture that that yeah if, if we can't fix the simple stuff how are we gonna how are we gonna get this evil out of the game it's and I, and I don't know how and, and, and I'll go back to what I said at the beginning of of perpetrators or overseers of of these acts of hazing and abuse are still without a doubt within the game so how are you going to get them to change if nothing has changed over the last 10 20 30 years however long it's been like it's i just it's it's too much for me to to understand yeah me too mate me too (laughs) just fucking boggles my mind it just boggles my mind it it really does even notion of thinking when I was like a 34 year old man or something that if I was to play a sport with some 17 year old kid or 16 year old kid that I think it'd be hilarious to you know make him fucking strip off or like that kind of stuff be with your own belt like yeah I just don't (laughs) what the fuck are we doing what are we doing to to try and squeeze some semblance of of not positivity out of this, but like fucking a sincere bravo to all the players, anonymous or not, who have come out in in aid of this lawsuit with affidavits or support or whatever it might be, because that's got to be so hard. That like we can look at these things on on a page and say, oh, it's really bad that X, Y, and Z happened, but imagine the the trauma and the the repression and the the internalized whatever that comes along with having experienced that and then to be able to, to to speak your own experiences out in such a public manner to try and bring justice against against the perpetrators for not only yourself but like players that come after you and will continue to come after them that's that's this brave as fuck it is fucking brave to do that i i don't i don't care what you say to even if you're anonymously signing that affidavit that is brave to speak your truth to speak your experiences in aid of other people not having to go through them so that is that is it's a massive step for those individual people but for for hockey as a whole that is still an important little step in the right direction that we're actually talking about it and i think that's the only positive i can see out of this is that it's actually being discussed there's a there's no real way to move on from this, so we'll just uh, yeah, that's that's what's happened so far. I recommend you go and read the uh, TSN article. Yeah, great um, work by Westhead. Yeah, 
just you know have a look around see what you can see and maybe just talk to your hockey friends about it and you know maybe they're not aware of it or maybe they don't go on twitter or something like that because and i'm not sure if that maybe this has been reported in the uh the canadian media or the news or you know if it's on nightly news or something i don't know how big of a story it is over there but you know more people should be aware of this but uh let's move on from that shall we because fucking hell <laughs> there's some fucking dark shit christ ah <sighs> right Let's talk about Jerome McGinley, weather expert. <laughs> not, not famous Boston athlete, you know, Boston sports hero. Uh, yeah, just, just a guy, just a guy who, who, you know, ah, whatever. It's snowing a bit. What can you do? That's amazing, isn't it? Just amazing, and it's happened a few times, and not. It happened with the uh, Roberto Luongo, was didn't it? He got it as well, and Adrian Peterson was interviewed in Arizona about something who is well you know well more known than Jerome McGinley and it was just random it's <laughs> this random guy in the street like no that's Adrian Peterson like you know one of the best running backs to ever do it in the NFL I, I love the but, I love the Peterson video footage because it's not just the like TV here it's the bloke coming up to him being like oh can you talk can you talk a little bit about road rage for us yeah <laughs> like the prep it's like, oh my god <laughs> And to be fair, to be fair to the people interviewing Jerome McGinley, how many times have we said, unless a hockey, you like, you would never know that many hockey players. Like, seriously, even a Hall of Famer, even like one of the best players to ever play the game, which in my opinion, you know, a Ginler is for sure. If he's just out on the street, out and about, you're not going to think, I'm going to ask Jerome McGinley. You're just going to think, oh, there's just a dude who looks a bit like Jerome McGinley. The, the the real tell, the real embarrassing tell that you don't see just out of shot is a Ginla's truck that is painted red and white with a big number 12 on the roof, which is a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a giveaway. But yeah, like, also, I, the, fact, the fact he's in Boston as well. You just wouldn't expect to see him because he lives there, doesn't he? He's like lived there mm. for the past few years. So you wouldn't expect to see him there either. You'd th- if it was somebody, in, if it was if that was taking place in Calgary, you're almost certain they would have been like, oh shit, there's Jerome McGinley. That's cool. But just in, like, he's miles away from where you would think he would be. So you're never going to think it. No, absolutely. And to be fair to him, like, I mean, I'm not. I think even even if I recognise someone, I reckon I'd probably just be like, oh, that person looks like X. You know, like, oh, that looks like. I guess it looks a bit like Jerome McGinley. Well, I don't want to make a dick of myself and assume he is, like. But then. The... Yeah, because that's the worst, because. Me and my friend were in a... a sh- oh, I don't know if you ever saw the show called This Life. No. Nah. It's probably a bit too before your time, but Andrew Lincoln was in it in one of his first ever roles. All right. And there was a character in it, an Asian character called Ferdy, who had long, like really long, straight black hair. And me and my friend were in a shop in Manchester, and this guy I love walked this past is us. This guy walked past us, and my mate nudged me. And... This man saw my mate nudge me, and he went, yeah, mate, 30 in this life. That was all he said. He didn't say he was. He just said, yeah. But then we thought, well, maybe he means, yeah, people always fucking say that to me. I'm not him, okay? <laughs> but then we couldn't say something and go like, no, but wait, are you or not? Because it's really cool if you are. And that was it. And then you can't, it's the same thing. You can't do that. You can't go up to a guy who looks like Joe McGinley and go, do you know who you look like? Because he's going to go, yes. People tell me every fucking day, leave me alone. I look like Joe McGinley. Shut up. I think it's, especially with like, yeah, 
with players like Jorah McKinley and yeah, Ferdy, you know, Ferdy from from this life, what are you fucking wrong? Like, no, no, I'm I'm not. I'm just I'm just I'm just, yeah, I'm just another Asian time, guy with long hair. Like, yeah, but if you get that all the time, you'd be in the end, you'd be pissed off with it. Like, do you know? Because people would say to you, the people wouldn't say to you, they wouldn't. They, the first thing they'd say is, do you know who you look like? Yes, yes, I do know who I look like. Because <laughs> people tell me this every day. You get sick of it eventually. I, I like the idea of that actually having been Ferdy from this life, and like because that's that feels like such a weird, slightly dickish thing to do. You just you, you're walking past someone, you see them nudge their friend that could be about fucking <laughs> anything, and you're just like, yeah, it's me. That's about me. <laughs> I'm that boy. I- I think it was him. I think it was him. If you look at Ferdy from this life, he's a he's a distinctive looking dude. There's not many guys who are gonna who who would look like that. I think it's it's because of the hair. Like he had perfectly long, straightened hair, and he's a, like I mean probably down his back. And there's not many guys who look. And there's not many guys who have long hair that long. Like anyway, let alone guys who are Asian as well. And he was just so distinctive looking, and it had to have been him. But then once he said that, he kind of put that thing on it that I couldn't then say, yeah, but are you him? Or are you just saying that because you're pissed off with people saying you look like him? Then oh, I couldn't crikey, do anything. yeah, I see. Yeah, so that's a, that's a distinctive guy, right? Yeah, yeah, to an extent. Yeah, there's not many of those just wandering around day to day. <laughs> not many of those. <laughs> you understand? That you sounded s- terrible. I did. That sounded terrible. That sounded awful. That, was... that sounded awful. I just oh. meant people who look like... Like, if I was walking around... If I was a famous guy and I'm walking around with a pink Mohican and then somebody who looks like me is walking around with a pink Mohican, they're going to say, ooh, there's not many guys that look like that, is there? So, yeah, let's just put that... Okay. <laughs> I'm back to the offensive here already, aren't I? This is, this is what I'm talking about. With, with, with the cases of, like, Joe McGinner and his birdie geese. Like, what? Fucking best case scenario. It's like, yeah, it is me. What the fuck do you want? Worst case scenario, you you fucking racially profiling slash abusing some stranger in the street. Oh god! So you know you know who you look like this other Central Asian geezer with uh, with long hair. Oh, do I? Cool. <laughs> Shit. Oh, I see. This has taken a turn. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> it always it always does. Always does. Always does. See, that's the power of words. You see, you, I got to be more careful what I'm saying here, because clearly I didn't mean it to sound. Clearly, I didn't mean what I like to sound like I meant. Yeah, this is why I only try and recognise people uh, from the radio. So it's like, oh, do you know, do you know <laughs> your you voice like, is really distinctive. Your, your voice sounds just like this geezer on the radio. Oh, does it? Hang on a minute. I've seen those shoes before. <laughs> see this guy. <laughs> Hang on a minute. You. <laughs> Where are you recognising those shoes from, Mr. Masters? <laughs> Let's move on. <coughs> or maybe but, not. Have you got a have you got anything else you wanted to touch on, mate? No, I think we're I think we're pretty pretty covered really. I mean just to circle back to to the season start again. We It feels like we're still in a bit of a weird situation with the the financial side of it cuz cuz I've read that if it feels like in the same article, I've read that apparently the there's going to be no change to the structure of the CBA and the return to play agreement from the summer financially, but then that still needs to be agreed on by both the. Oh goodness me! Excuse me. 
it seems like there's been no change to to the financial aspects of the CBA and the return to play agreement from the summer. But then at the same time, that still needs to be agreed on by both the owners and the players. So I think like yeah. there's been the allegedly the players came back and said, right, if you want to take more of our money, you're going to have to give us other stuff. And Gary Bettman was like, eh, I don't like the sound of that, so we'll just scrap the whole lot. But then, if the if the owners were so adamant about getting some sort of financial adjustments or reparations, whatever you want to fucking call it, then if that's not happening, are we not going to hit another stumbling block trying to get the season back going? I can't imagine that certain owners who probably would have proposed this in the first place are going to just say, oh, they the players said no, all right then, let's just carry on. Yeah, you're right, because there's still going to be those owners who are just thinking, I do not want the season to start at all. Yeah, absolutely. It's just, and, it just how doesn't, are we it doesn't help me that? in any way. And, yeah. and and I'm sure there are some clubs who, who had, you know, we were ragging on fucking Mark Shipman last week for for not wanting to, to lose his precious money, but I reckon there are probably teams that <laughs> were already financially strapped in a normal season anyway that had as close to reasonable justification for for needing financial support for this season that are now just not going to get it. Shout out to Eugene. Like, shout out to Eugene. Shout out to fucking Vidi Viola. Like, yeah. It feels like, yeah, I mean, if, if you're already a budget team in a normal NHL season, how are you not going to have serious issues this year? I, I just don't see how it's so... It always it, it almost feels like a footnote. It's like, oh yeah, the, the player said no, but we're just going to go ahead, but we still need to vote on it. So I was hang, fucking hang about. Hey, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe something I always mention, maybe that fucking Vegas and Seattle money is finally going to come in handy. Oh, maybe that's... <laughs> Would you look at that? We found one point one billion down the back of the sofa. So yeah, exactly. We've it's got to be there for something. They don't use it for anything else, do they? Like the fucking cap isn't going to increase it again. And even when he does, it only increases by two million or some bullshit number. It's they've, not, you know. They've gone into old Bill Daly's office and uh, opened the uh, unscrewed the bottom of the fruity in the corner, and one point one million has just fallen out. Oh, could you look at that? One point one billion's fallen out in pound coins. He <laughs> <laughs> takes in two checks to his local local Barclays. He's like, right, I'm gonna need you know one and two pound coins, fifty p's if you need to, but less of those the better. And uh, you're gonna have to put them like when um, see I think about uh, I don't even know how true it was like Samsung paying Apple back in pennies or something like that for some fine that they owed. Oh really? So, like, years just ago, like, oh, yeah, and pettiness. it was like it was a fucking flatbed full of pennies. It's like right here we go. <laughs> Bill Daly, fantastic flatbed. Right, I need quids, and it's going straight in my fruity. <laughs> Fuck's sake! But, yeah, yeah, I, I don't I, know. I, 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 I have no idea how they're going to get around it. And nope. luckily, thanks to hockey and its uh, closed doors, we'll never know, Will, which is lovely. <laughs> well, it's it's just going to happen, or it won't. And yeah. Yeah, so so we're looking at January thirteenth, but we've only got a million things to sort out before then. <laughs> it's going to be a disaster, and I'm kind of here for it. I'm kind of here for it. I'll oh, be definitely, honest. definitely. You want you want an intro? It's going to be our equivalent of two thousand five, two thousand six, but arguably even yeah. more balmy. Yeah, for sure. Fucking buzzing. All right, fantastic. Okie dokie. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Stay safe. Will any last words? Uh, no, shout out to my wife for bringing me a coffee halfway through the recording. So, uh, Damn. 
if the speed has increased around the 25 minute mark. <laughs> Shout out to the barista bar. Yeah, like 25 minutes in, you just suddenly start going, oh, and, oh, and another thing, and, and another, another thing. Listen, 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 listen. <laughs> just it's just a cappuccino. It's not a line of coke. Oh, oh, unfortunately. Well, maybe next week she can bring you that then. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how well how well this is done. It's like, yeah, it's good, but we just need a bit more franticness out here. Just a bit more pep and a few more brilliant ideas, which is all you do on Coke. You just have amazing ideas that you just never you just never back up or do because they're stupid ideas. So, sounds a bit like a certain sports league, I know. There we go. Perfect circularity to end it. We'll, we'll talk to you next week, folks. Take care. Peace.